okay You know it's simple, mama, down your toes, down your toes Can't meet me, man, I'm in, I'm in the zone, in the zone Michael Phelps with them flows, they're like waves and you know And I get them out fast, I'm Usain on them tracks Like Jordan to Peyton, don't talk all that trash Ain't on my level, relax, bro, just pull up them stats Let my game show the facts Know that you can never pass it, so you got another racket like Serena. No, I'm classic. It's my planet, it's my planet. On my space, you won't be jamming. Don't put me in the box. Keep on winning, I don't stop. Think you got an easy lane? I'm the Kimbe with the block. That's all you got. Yeah. I'm on another level. Yeah. I'm on another level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on another level. Yeah. Like ASAP Ferg, I'm on a new level. Okay. Opulent Inventory, our proud partners here on the show. From iPhones to MacBooks to Apple TV to Apple Watches to trade-ins and much more, now you can have the Apple product of your dreams. Visit Opulent Inventory on opulentinventory.com and on Instagram. My guy Nash and Gardy are the very best in the game to provide you the Apple product of your dreams. Now, let's get back to the show. I mean, you know, coming into a big game like that, especially Sebi, when you when you're avenging or going against the team that you lost to in the championship game or that knocked you out in the playoffs, you come into that next season. When the media asks you throughout the week, you know, is this a big game? Is this a revenge game? Of course, you play it subtle, you play it cool because you don't want to give your other team ammo. And Kansas City is not the type of team that you want to get get revved up and get energized and motivated to play because you know how much of a juggernaut they are. So they played it humble. They kept it cool throughout the week. They really didn't amp this game up from the media perspective as much as they, as much as they could have. But game time, I'm, I'm so savvy. From opening kickoff, from the warmups, you can tell. You looked in every star, every player on that team's face, and you could tell that they were locked in for this game as if this was the Super Bowl. They wanted to win this game, uh, big time. They, they they handled business on the road, came out and scored on their first drive, held Kansas City. Kansas City had the ball on their first drive for almost nine minutes. But the, the drive ended in a field goal. Then they come out on that first drive, and then six, seven plays, they right down the field for a touchdown. I mean, they were assertive all night long, big plays all night long. They didn't want to just win this game. They wanted to send a message. And that's exactly what Bills, the Bills did. Bills Mafia is hyped because they understand their offense right now for the, um, the Bills is the best in football, scoring-wise. Uh, uh, um, statistically, they, they, they just have so many weapons. They're one of the five juggernaut offenses in football, and they proved it, they proved it on, on Sunday. Defensively, they, they're, they're very stout, and they're very legit. This Buffalo team is a legitimate Super Bowl contender, and they go as far as their quarterback can take them and as far as their defense can go. And just as a collective unit, they look sharp. And I'm excited what I, from what I see from the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, the days of Jim Kelly, Andre Reid, and those guys, they – when the Bills went to four straight Super Bowls and not winning one of them. That's crazy. It's like going to to, to a girl's house four straight times and not getting none, Mike. How nice funny is that? <laughs> that is absolutely, absolutely crazy. Ben, when we look at the other side, the Kansas City Chiefs, we talked a little bit about them last week, about you talk the arrogance, Mike. You talk that, well, 
maybe the league has figured them out. And then, but also my the defense has been porous. Very and, and and all of that trend seems to continue. But if you date back to the Super Bowl, this team is two and four in their last mm-hmm. six ball games. They haven't been the same. And it's it's okay to have 15, you know, bail you out in all these ball games and stuff like that. But when you're playing a quality opponent like the Bills, they're the type of team that is a quality team that exposes all facets your area. So Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator, Mike, questions. And they need answers quick because they're already in a tough division. Where do they go from here? Yeah, well, like you said, one of the biggest things that you said, defensively in the past, they've been so potent offensively that they've set the tone and dictated how well this defense is going to play throughout the game. Well, the defense is coming out the gate. Um, they, when you keep putting – when the offense is struggling early and you keep putting the defense in these deficits, they've shown that they're not good enough uh, to, to get stops in crucial moments when it matters most against some of the top offenses in this game. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't match up for them. And you can't spell for that. That's not a formula for success for Kansas City. You saw in your two wins – in one of their two wins this year against the Philadelphia Eagles, that was the one game – that was probably the one game where you saw them come out assertive. They came out aggressive. They came out, got a big lead, and their defense – fed off of that because you what you do is you force the other team to have to be one-dimensional and throw the football. And that's where Kansas City is at their strength because they have some some pass rushers and you know some playmakers in the backfield. But when 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 they're going against a top offense and they jump out on them early, Kansas City is in a recipe for disaster. Kansas City has to be asserted from the jump because right now the defense is not as sharp enough in certain areas in order to spell for everything that Patrick Mahomes is going to do. Patrick Mahomes is literally carrying his team um, as, with, with elite performance. He would have to carry this team with the elite performances the way this defense is currently constructed on a week-to-week basis. Absolutely, absolutely, that for sure. You look at one of the other quick matchups, Baltimore, and what Lamar Jackson is doing should not be ignored as well. You yes. know, Baltimore came into this year decimated with injuries on both sides of the football, offense, defensive teams, uh, special teams, excuse me, and on, and on offense. Losing running backs, having to literally pick up Devontae Freeman and Le'Veon Bell for retirement, um, just to pick up. But what Lamar Jackson has done through these five ball games, forget about what happened opening night on that Monday night in Las Vegas. But since then, Mike, beating uh, 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 Patrick Mahomes, going head to head against them, taking charge and advantage of what they did in Denver, and then being down 22 on Monday night against the Colts in front of their fans. And one thing I, I've seen in Lamar this year, in year three, Mike, he's accepted his deficiencies. He's accepted the fact that there's still question marks about him being a pocket passer, being a volume passer. And when you're down 22, especially, you got to abandon the run. What does Baltimore do best? Their staple of their offense is running the football. You talk about Greg Roman everywhere he's been with Michael Vick, with Colin Kaepernick, and now with Lamar Jackson, what do they all have in common? They've all led the league in rushing. They've always had great rushing attacks. Well, when you're down 22, you can't run the ball. And so Lamar Jackson, I think this game, he grew and showed that he is capable of doing so if he continues to mature in that particular uh, spectrum of his game. And so we saw that throwing over for 442 yards. No interceptions, four TDs, including the game winner to Hollywood Brown. I'm impressed by what the Baltimore Ravens do, but in particular, Mike Lamar Jackson 
And I think he has to be in a running for the MVP as well with Kyler, with Brady, with all these other guys, because he's doing more with less. Basically taking charge with all of these injuries that Baltimore has. Baltimore's success right now is the epitome and is, is a is a is a complete replica of their of their culture. Their culture is imminent. What John Harbaugh has built with this team over the years since coming in 2008 is is still infectious. Lamar Jackson is was the perfect quarterback for that for this team. This was the perfect space for Lamar Jackson to grow because their culture is so imminent and they're so hell bent on making sure their players are in the best position and, and comfortable possible. When they were down 22 to three, seven, they didn't they didn't, they didn't flinch. They didn't blink. They kept playing. They had, they understood that we you know we three drives, three scoring drives, we right back in the ball game, and they they, they trusted on all sides defensive to get the stops. Lamar Jackson the pass. Lamar was thirty seven for forty three, four hundred forty two yards, four hundred forty two yards. Uh, I believe four, I believe four touchdowns and a quarterback rating of one hundred and forty point five. That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. That's insane. That's and insane. All of the touchdowns came in the third, in the second half, in overtime. It, it was it was it was it was special to watch him perform. It was special for him to prove the naysayers. You know, it's, it's funny. We I, I had a joke with the brothers in the, in the chat. I said, "Wow, four hundred all those stats, four hundred forty-two yards, a QB rating of, of, of one forty-point-five. That's real good for a running back, ain't it, Sonny? You're real good for a running back. That's real good for a running for somebody who they was this close to changing his to one to change his position. And I'm glad he held firm because he's grown." He's growing. This isn't a microwave guy. This is somebody that grew as a passer, grew as a quarterback in general. He's making smart decisions. He's um, he 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 he's running out of bounds when he when he when he goes. He he's slide he's sliding when he he's not taking the unnecessary hits. Yeah, he'll go in there and go and lower that shoulder every once in the blue moon. But he's smart. He's very tactical and strategic with his moves. So Lamar Jackson right now is playing some of the best football. They're playing some of the most resilient football. As far as the, you know, the positions where they are, they're so decimated with injuries, but it's a, it's an epitome of their culture, and uh, they, for the Indianapolis Colts, that that was a good football team that they beat because because Carson Wentz, I believe he threw for over four hundred yards. Yeah, himself. he threw for he didn't no, disappoint as well, Mike. He was no slouch himself, so he was he definitely came out assertive and um, you know, going into Baltimore, I know it was hostile, playing playing with house money in a sense, but it was it was special watching Lamar come out of that come out of that game with the win because this is the second time this season that we've seen him come back from a double-digit deficit. And like you said, Sebi, you have to do that throwing the football. And I, and, and Lamar Jackson proved how, how improved of a passer he is and just, just his, his maturity at the quarterback position. Absolutely, absolutely. There was a lot of great teams that stamped themselves and played very well in week five. Mike, who were some of your top dogs when you look at this past weekend? I love what I saw from the uh, L.A. Chargers. It was a I agree. I agree. It was a back-and-forth tussle with the Cleveland Browns. We know the Cleveland Browns had the top rushing attack in football. And it, it was it was literally watching that game, especially in the fourth quarter. You saw it going back and forth to the point where literally whoever touches the ball last is going to win the game. Well, that wasn't the case because I love seeing high-scoring matchups that end on the defensive stop because it almost gives the game a little bit of balance and, 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 and lets you know that it wasn't just a, a juggernaut of offenses up there. There was some balance in this game as well. Despite the high score, so the Chargers definitely uh, earned some credit for me uh, winning that game because it was a tough game against a very tough opponent. <clears throat> Excuse me. The um, who who else, who else had a big win? Man, I wouldn't say this. This was a weird win, but I, you know where I'm going, Sebi. The Green Bay versus Cincinnati game. That was right. a weird. That was a weird win. It was a good win for Green Bay, an important win for Green Bay. Uh, but 
Um, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, it was it was just so back and forth, you know, with the missed field goals and stuff like that. But Green Bay being able to escape Mason Crosby, being the veteran kicker in that situation, I think that that's what got them over the hump and won them that ball game. We had Minnesota, Minnesota squeaking out that last game uh, for the for, uh, and that last second field goal, uh, beating Detroit, uh, a tough divisional game. I understand they were 0-4, but that's still a tough a tough win for them. It was definitely a few games. The Saints going to Washington, uh, handling business. The Patriots coming back from Houston, coming yeah. back in Houston and making that comeback, being down double digits and winning on a last second field goal. It was a, it was definitely a couple of games uh, that, that struck me and a few games that were one at the buzzer. Absolutely, that 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 Chargers game, Mike, was has to be the game of the weekend. In fact, in fact, probably the game of the year. You look yeah. at combined; both teams combined had total yards of thousand sixteen. Right? They they scored almost ninety plus points. Right? You know what I'm saying? There was accounted Mike fifty two first downs. Right? And and I got to give some love to Joe uh, to Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert what they're doing. With the Chargers, they're quietly five and one, Mike. Their only yes. is to the Dallas Cowboys. We'll talk about them real quick next. Um, and uh, you have to put them into consideration as one of the top dogs in the AFC because they're redefining what NFL is. The days of, you know, teams punting it on fourth and five and fourth and eight; those days are slowly to go are starting to like drift away. The, the, you think about what Kansas City has done, Mike. Kansas City has kind of revolutionized the game like the Warriors have done. Now centers want to shoot, stretch out and shoot some threes. Well, now all of a sudden, the Chiefs, they were the first ones to go for it in fourth and fives and fourth and longs. And now you're starting to see a lot of other teams copy that, the Pittsburgh Steelers um, with Big Ben. Now with Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley at helm with the Chargers. And so the Browns, you know Kevin Stefanski is – a risk taker as well. He's not afraid to get to go on fourth and long now. And so the game is starting to simulate like like Madden, right? You playing somebody yeah. on Madden, typically on fourth and nine, you're going for it. But in real life, you're not really doing that. And so I gotta give love to what they're doing in LA. Both LA teams, Mike, are doing very well. The four and one Rams and the four and one Chargers. There it isn't out of the realm in SoFi <laughs> to see two quality L.A. teams be on the Super Bowl. So I got to give some love out there to what the Chargers are doing. You put up a great point, and it's very possible the way these teams are playing and the way they're constructed. And you you, you just see these teams and how they play. They're built for, long, for long-term success down the line, a deep playoff run. Both of them have the recipe and the requisite weapons to make it happen and, and talent-wise. So it's all about experience and how they get better leading up to the playoffs and leading up to that point. But, yeah, you've got I definitely wouldn't rule that out as a possibility. And I actually have to give a lot of credit to the Philadelphia Eagles as well, Sunday. You know, coming off two straight games where you gave up 40 points and you lost by double digits, almost 20 points in both games, for you to come back and play against the Carolina Panthers, Jalen Hurts lead that game-winning game winning drive in the end, and the defense hold Carolina to 18 points and turn over Sam Donald three times. Uh, just a great bounce-back effort from them. Also, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers beating the Denver Broncos. Uh, at, at home on a last-second stop uh, in the red zone with the interception. It, it was it was a resilient, tough effort from them, and, and, and they definitely deserve it against a tough team. Absolutely, absolutely there for sure. There is absolutely no doubt about that. I think through five weeks, Mike, I think the most balanced team that I've seen through thus far, offense, defense, and special teams, has to be the team that has a star on their crown, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. Um <laughs> we talk about him, Trayvon Diggs, six interceptions through five games, right? 
not even Dion, not even some of the Darren Sharper, not some of the great D backs for the the Dallas Cowboys have done what they've done thus far. And 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 this Trayvon Diggs guy and Dak, I've never seen him in command like he is right now. It is, and it's it's it may sound blasphemous to say, Mike, he is in command, Peyton esque, right? Yes. Post snap in audibles, making audibles, uh, checking down to different sets. He's in total command, my, I, unlike I've ever seen knowing. I, it, it's like he knows the defensive schemes pre-snaps and post-snaps. He's calling out the signal callers. He's calling out where the blitz is coming and calling out the perfect place to beat the blitz. I, I haven't seen him in this command since perhaps – he arrived since in the league since out of Mississippi State. And so they're running the football with Tony Pollard. You're getting a motivated Zeke. The defense, for whatever you want to talk about it, Mike, they're, they're lead the NFL in takeaways, right? They just continue to lead the NFL in takeaways. And if you're Dallas Cowboys with that high-powered offense, you don't have to be a great defense, Mike. But if you're able to take the ball away and continue to take the ball away, that's more possessions for the offense. When the offense are putting up points, opponents just have to catch up. I think that's the formula that Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys are doing right now. And I, and to me, I think they've been the most impressive and the most balanced team in all three levels through five weeks. Yeah, the, the, the Dallas Cowboys are playing some amazing football. And they, and they did it once again. You know, this was the this was a proverbial trap game, if you will, uh, with, the, with the one and three New York Giants coming in town. We know how big of a di- divisional game this has been for years and years and years. And uh, they came in and they didn't miss a beat. They didn't. They, they didn't take nobody. They didn't take the Giants lightly. They came in. They handled business. No matter who was on the field, when when uh, with all the injuries that, that that took place on the offensive side of the ball for the Giants, it doesn't matter. They they, they never took their foot off the gas or, or traded lightly. They they continuously uh, were assertive on offense, made plays on defense, got after the quarterback, got made plays in the backfield, and and and, and were assertive. And, and then that's the type of team that I'm talking about when I talk about this year's Dallas Cowboys as far as how different they are and how fun to watch they are. Because it's, you know, as, as, as extraordinaires and connoisseurs, we love when we watch good football, no matter what bias we might have against a certain team. And we know good football when we see it. And we're watching good football being played in Dallas right now. And um, like you said, Dak has a command of the offense. We saw glimpses of this in previous years because because he had a great IQ he had a great IQ coming out of Texas A&M. You saw his mental fortitude and his maturity throughout the years, but you you saw it in glimpses. You never saw it consistently the way you see in the week after week after week this year. This year, Dak is not taking a week off. This Cowboy team is not taking a week off, and they're making plays on all levels at every position. This Cowboys team is very special. Now, I don't think they're the best. That, now, they're, they're, um, they're playing some very good football right now, but there's still a few teams in their conference that I would put over them. Right now, they're, they're probably a top four, top four, five team in their conference as far as total teams. They're definitely in that discussion. But as far as who can come out of the conference, then once you're in that conversation, you're right there. So then yeah. on any given Sunday, you know they can they can beat anybody. And we saw yeah. that in the week one against Tampa Bay. So this Cowboys team is special, and I'm excited to see how week after week how they finish the season. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think they've they've been crowned the NFC East champions just, just by default. I, I think, again, I, I said this after one or two weeks, I think the Cowboys will be judged by what they do in the postseason, not in the regular season. It's hard to grade them in such uh, inept conference, uh, division, excuse me, like the NFC East, NFC East is. 
uh, there for sure. But that wraps up our conversation in week one of our NFL segment. When we come back, Blake Goldlove, the CEO of the After Bar, uh, joins us. Mike, did you get yours? No, I did not. You no, you did not to. yours. We'll no, try to fix that next uh, here on the Sevy Podcast Radio Show. Only stream here on WNSC Radio. Back here on our second segment here of the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Myself and Michael Gray. Folks, Opulent Inventory. 20% off gets you the Apple product of your dreams. Opulent Inventory. All of your Apple products that you may need. Our next guest here is the founder and CEO of the After Bar. Blake Goldlove is with us here on the hotline. Blake, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much, guys. It's really great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I I did get those special deliveries uh, from you, uh, from the, <laughs> from the afterlife. Um, I will say this: it it put me to sleep. Is, is that what? It <laughs> really, was? really? It did. It did. Is now now is is that the purpose of it? Is that what it's supposed to do? Because um. I, I had one of the best sleeps that I haven't had in a long time. <laughs> well, we like to think of CBD as, you know, helping you come back to baseline. So you were probably, you know, really overextending yourself and, and asking a little too much of your body. So the after bar made you kind of come back down to earth and uh, helped you get some good sleep. But, you know, I'll tell you what, um, there's a lot of different health benefits to CBD. And, and one of them is, you know, improves quality of sleep. Yeah, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely there for sure. Now we, we gotta make an adjustment here for my man Mike, your your beloved DC brother, because he didn't get his. <laughs> so he uh, didn't know yeah. the certain effect that it had <laughs> that it had on me. But uh, I I'm sure we can take care of that. Absolutely. We'll take care of that, Mike. I'm sorry about that, man. No problem, brother. I know I know it's all good. No doubt, no doubt there for you. So um share with us a little bit about this afterbar and how did it come upon? What was really the idea? What what was how, how did this come upon? It, um, and, and talk to us about that, Blake. Yeah, so I, I grew up as like a really independent skinny kid. You know, I was never um, the one picked first for for any real sport. Um, I kind of kept to myself. So I didn't really know what I was doing whenever I wanted to start to build muscle. I wanted to um, start taking the gym seriously. So I kind of modeled my eating habits and my uh, my workout routine after a friend of mine who I met my freshman year in college. Uh, and he was, you know, like super buff, ripped to shreds, uh, and just, you know, ate nothing but chicken and rice and, you know, protein bars that I can't say, or else I'm going to get a, you know, cease and desist or something, uh, for, (laughs) for slander. But, um, but yes, I started, you know, modeling everything after that. And it just got to a point where after eating the same, you know, bars, even though they were different flavors, you know, I, I couldn't take it anymore. I was kicking my, you know, I was kicking my own ass in the gym. I was putting in all the work uh, and exhausted and miserable. Uh, and then I had to, you know, add to that misery by then eating foods that 
were not, not only were they not good for me and weren't really helping me the way that I thought they were, uh, but I mean, the taste and texture was absolutely trash. So I thought to myself, you know, I, in, in very me fashion, you know, I can do better than this. Uh, <laughs> it took a long while, but uh, after two and a half years in, you know, the help of my um, head of R&D, uh, Liz Thompson, we were able to, to create a product that um, had optimal macronutrients, had you know, ingredients that tasted good and were good for you. Uh, and then the CBD component, I know I get a little ahead of myself. The CBD component came from a friend of mine who was taking CBD for uh, her workouts using like sublingual tinctures, like the oils that you put underneath your tongue. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like those either. I didn't like the mouthfeel. I think they, they help a lot of people. I personally, I just don't really care for them. Uh, and so I thought, why don't I put it into the bar? And that was the genesis of the concept that led to uh, dozens and dozens of iterations of of products that you know is now what is the after bar our three flavors wow wow wow, awesome yeah talk to me about those three different flavors too because um i i i'm not really a big fan of the 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 chocolate nut ones but i did have the berry one in particular uh what's your personal favorite on these so the dark chocolate cherry matcha is my personal favorite i you know i wanted something that was different and more out of the box than, you know, anything that some of the bigger brands put out. Um, but I want it to be close enough to home where it wasn't something super outlandish. So the dark chocolate cherry matcha, I used, um, I used ceremonial grade matcha that we import from the foothills of Mount Fuji. Um, the name of the prefecture that we source it from is, is escaping me. It's first with an S, but um, we, I, it's, it's my favorite. I have it every single day. Awesome. Go ahead, Mike. Nice, nice, man. Talk to me about, you know, just the, the growth of CBD and just how, how everything, you know, now and how, how, how people are, you know, turning this into, you know, real business deals and how it's grown over the years from where it was maybe 10 years ago. Just talk about the growth of CBD and the evolution of, you know, the entrepreneurship side of it. Yes, yeah, so CBD really started to pop off, I want to say around like 2015, 2016. That's when we saw a huge, you know, burst of, of products come out. I mean, initially you see it, saw them at like head shops where you go and get pieces, but, and that's where I ended up buying my first, you know, tincture bottles were at it. it was a head shop near my, uh, near my like apartment building off campus. But, you know, it, it's, it's still, it, it was, and still is very much a wild West where you see a lot of companies that, you know, come out and are wildly successful, but are putting out products that have subpar quality or, you know, they say they contain X, you know, X number of, of MIGs of, of CBD, you know, say hundred MIGs of CBD on the, the front when in fact it contains like, I don't know, like 30% of that. Um, and some of the, you know, agencies have cracked down on that, but um, it blew up. And now people are realizing that the products aren't really what they say they were. Uh, and there's been kind of a, a slowdown of that at least, you know, in the States, and it's more so been focused on quality products and legacy brands. Mm. Uh, abroad, it's been a completely different story. That same Wild West mentality uh, has been, you know, ever present. So we, we're now distributed in uh, Hong Kong, about to be in Thailand and oh, wow. uh, in Singapore. Uh, we're in uh, the EU specifically. Uh, we have a decent distribution in France. 
um, and then hopefully moving forward into a pretty significant deal coming on. But uh, the going back to your initial question about the the start and growth of it, you know, it's it's really kind of come into its own where it's becoming more so regulated industry and it's less something that you can just jump into. Um, it's pretty saturated. So you have to start creating and coming up with products that are, are unique and different and have, you know, value props that go outside of, you know, helps you sleep, helps you, um, you know, helps with anxiety, you know, all of those sort of things that we all know that that's what they do, but there's a hundred different brands that you can choose a thousand different brands you can choose from. Uh, so now it's, you know, if you're going to go into the industry, you need to come up with something unique. Yeah. Is it, when, when, when it comes to marketing out the country, like you said, you're in France and EU and a, and, a, and a couple of Singapore and a couple of other places, when it comes to marketing outside, outside of the country, are there, are there different qualities that your consumers are looking for rather than uh, your consumers out here in the States? Completely. And when you market outside of, you know, home territory, uh, you have to take into account social norms. Mm. So things that we, you know, as Americans find normal or we do as habits um, or we find taboo uh, could be completely opposite elsewhere. Um, and this isn't really when it comes to marketing, but um, for example, like in Japan, which, you know, we're in discussion with to distribute uh, in Japan uh, through a few different distributors, but um, in Japan, tattoos are extremely taboo because of their association with the Yakuza um, or like the, you know, the, the gang presence there. Um, and then in America, in the U.S., tattoos have been, you know, tradition of sailors and longshoremen. Uh, so completely different norms uh, and what's, you know, what's taboo and what's not. Uh, so we have to take that into account. Uh, stylization is very different. Uh, in China, for example, you know, we're not in mainland China, but in Hong Kong, uh, they take, their design is much more like early 2000s looking uh, and kind of kitschy versus in the US, like a sports brand like ours, sports nutrition needs to be like streamlined, a little bit more masculine uh, and kind of on the more aggressive side uh, versus what, um, you know, what, what we need to do in China. Awesome. Right. Definitely there. Um, are, are any current athletes or any former athletes um, are using this type of stuff? Are, 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 they, are they using this, uh, Blake, for, uh, to help better their performance on the field or off the court? Um, or is there any athletes in particular that you are in negotiations with or have had as regular clients? So I can't go into who we are in negotiations with, um, as well as current athletes. Uh, I can't give specifics. However, uh, for spring training this year uh, for MLB, we had 17 of the teams uh, receive multiple master cases. Each of those contained about 72 bars. Um, and all of them were gone. All the players, all the, all the bars that went to the uh, clubhouses for spring training were gone within a day and a half. Uh, so there's that. We have uh, past athletes. We have Jeff Bannister, who was the um, head coach from the Pittsburgh Pirates and manager for the Texans, or sorry, for the Texas Rangers. Um, very close to us. Uh, he has the bars all the time. He's actually just written an article for us on what it means to be a coach um, to him. 
for National Coaches Day, and that went out uh, a little over a week ago on October 6th. Awesome. Awesome. Interesting. Definitely some great stuff. Great stuff there. Um, uh, trying these stuff themselves and stuff like that. Have any of them had conversations with you about have it helped them on the field or off the field? I, I know you can't go into specifics and the names and stuff, but um, are, have you had feedback for some of these athletes um, just given their own take on, on, on how this helps them? I have. And the reason why, just to, to kind of go back, the reason why we're not able to grant specifics is uh, because I don't want to get anyone in trouble. Granted that CBD is not NSF approved. Um, so they're not, they're yeah. not able to be to sponsor or represent any brand gotcha. uh, with CBD, um, unfortunately. So I'm unable to give specifics on that front. Um, so yeah, we've had a lot of amazing feedback um, all positive with the exception of one. One was uh, from a player who was really disappointed because he was so excited to try it, but we utilize um, almond butter in our bars. So, and he was allergic to tree nuts. So unfortunately he wasn't able to try it. Um, but we've had a lot of the players um, say that it's helped them to you know, refuel their bodies, you know, post-training. Absolutely. Go ahead, Mike. Nice, nice, nice. It's, it's wonderful to, to, to hear, like, the, the, the maturation process of what CBD, you know, products are doing for people, people's bodies, especially athletes and stuff like that. But, you know, it's just, just where, you, where you started this brand versus where you are now, just what's your, what's your take on the overall growth of the growth of the brand and where it's going in, in the future? So I started working on this. Like we incorporated in, in May of 2019. I started working on this project in, like, December 2017, uh, beginning of 2018, uh, just as kind of a loose thing. I was in college at the time. Um, the market itself has changed so drastically that we've had to repivot so many times. Um, thankfully, you know, thankfully and unthankfully, we didn't launch until April of this year because of the pandemic. We were, you know, kept continually being pushed back by our manufacturer and all the lead times on everything were so ridiculously long. Um, thankfully, that subsided some, so we're we're all good to go now. But um, right before we you know try and launch, we'd have to change our our plan because of you know whatever was going on in the industry, going on socially, um, going on with uh, you know with the world at large. So where we started has has changed significantly from uh, where we are now. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 I, I can definitely hit a goal, hit a goal 100% for sure. Absolutely, absolutely, there for sure. You spoke a little bit earlier about um, sleeping, and I talked about how I had one of my best sleeps um, once I actually tried the product <laughs> myself. So I know it's good. Would you say that this helps with people with sleeping disorders, like insomnia, people that suffer through depression and anxiety and stuff like that? Does it help with those type of people that suffer? Through, through those type of symptoms? There's not enough longitudinal studies or, you know, to, there's not enough longitudinal studies done to show that it does, but there is enough anecdotal evidence that shows that it does help with insomnia and sleep disorders. I personally have um, really terrible sleep. I always have. Um, I'm have a really difficult time going into REM sleep. So I'm constantly be, like waking up and being really tired. That changed whenever I started taking CBD before bed. Um, it's helped to keep me asleep. 
because uh, that's my biggest issue. It's not falling asleep, it's staying asleep. And things like melatonin um, don't help you stay asleep. They just help you get to sleep. So it's, you know, I, I think personally, and this is not, I, I'm not a doctor. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a clinician. I'm not a researcher. Uh, but personally, I do believe that this helps you sleep. It helps with sleeping disorders. Yeah, got you, got you. Um, I know you're 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 not probably too much a, a sports fan yourself, but uh, given the fact that everything that's going on in the sports world, Blake, um, when you do get some time um, off of working, um, are, are you an NFL guy or are are you an NBA guy? What 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 has caught your attention thus far? So I, I grew up with my family being um, all, you know, what is now the, the Washington football team um, and Ravens. So it's like, not that there was ever a big kind of a battle like there was with the, you know, the Dallas Cowboys and the, the Washington football league, our football team. Um, but I grew up watching that. To be honest, I didn't really pay attention much. You know, I... <laughs> Uh, you know, the Super Bowl would come around and I'd be really excited about that. But I was always so thrilled to go and watch the games um, uh, in person just because of the energy and the, you know, the feeling that you would get when you walk into FedEx Field. Pretty sure it's still called FedEx Field um, out in Owings Mills, Maryland for the you know, Washington football team. Uh, but I've been starting to catch up more now that, you know, I'm older and when I do have time uh, into baseball. So like, for example, yesterday, I just, you know, sat in my, uh, office and watched the Dodgers game and uh, was doing some work. To be honest, I wasn't paying attention much, but it's just nice to kind of have in the background. Yeah, definitely. There. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, that's okay. You, you, you're, not, you're not much of an NBA guy? You know, I have some friends that are and have been in the NBA, but, um, you know, I, I, I just don't really have the time, to be honest. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. There. Well, uh, uh, Blake, this is our favorite part of, of 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 the segments. We do this with every guest, all of our guests, especially the first timers that haven't had a chance to experience this. Um, we play a nice little activity like um game. It's an icebreaker. Uh, what we like to do um is is three scenario like questions, right? It's, it, it one is this or that. The other one is overrated or underrated. And what's the other one, Mike? Try to fill me in here. Huh, the, the other one is uh, you said this was that overrated or underrated. Um, fill in the I, blank. Fill, yep. in, fill in the sentence. Fill in the fill blank. In the, yep. Yeah, and fill in the blank. Yep. So I'm gonna let Mike start this off. So 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 Blake, my good brother, if we at the club and we we going to the club together, <laughs> and you know we got a nice section, you know some some nice ladies, we vibing. We at the club. This event, are you the type of brother I'm gonna see drinking or smoking? Ooh. You know, I've gotten kicked out of clubs for, <laughs> for doing stuff for doing stuff I shouldn't have. So uh I don't know, like at least DC clubs like Echo Stage. Um I don't know what they what their feelings would be about, about smoking, but you know, oh, you know I, I, go back home, you know how we do it. I, <laughs> I honestly I mean, you'd see me with a bottle in my hand, like let's be real. <laughs> okay. Cool, cool, cool. Um, you're you're a DC guy, so um, I, I don't know how intuitive you are because you you mentioned um about baseball and stuff like that. But uh, I know you were there to watch the 2019 Nationals team win. 
the, the world series. Were you there, right? I wasn't. No, I, I had moved to Beverly Hills by then. Oh, no, Beverly Hills. Okay. All right. So, um, Dodgers or your hometown team, your Nats, like if you had a chance to own a team, which one would you choose? Hmm. Ooh. I mean, if I had a chance to own it, the Dodgers are so prolific. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's the fucking Dodgers, yeah. uh, <laughs> but you know, I'm, I'm privy to, to back East, you know, I, so I'm going to go Nats. Gotcha. Go ahead, Mike. Over, overrated or underrated? I'm not going to get myself in trouble here. You guys are putting me in a spot, huh? Overrated or underrated? LA, LA nightlife. Oh, uh, like clubs or house parties? Just nightlife in general. Was it same house party outside bathroom? It's it's really overrated. I mean, it's the same mm-hmm. the same thing every weekend. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, it's the same, like, it's the same, like, I would host, like, house parties, you know, every, almost every weekend, and it's, it was the same people all the time, um, you know, and if you weren't having, like, hosting something yourself, you go to, you know, the, the same other people, you know, the same other people's houses, um, so it just gets, it gets monotonous, so I don't really, I don't really go out as much anymore, um, you know, work has gotten too busy, and you know, why am I going to go out and spend money or, you know, pay money for Ubers when I'm doing the same shit that I would be doing, uh, you know, every other weekend? No, definitely, 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 that's for sure. If you had a chance, Blake, to sit down with uh, any of your five inspirations or, or, or celebrities, musicians, wherever it be, who would be those five names? Oh, I should have prepared for this one. Uh, <laughs> Um, first and foremost, I'd want to sit down with my mom. Uh, my mom passed when I was 15. She's always been a huge inspiration to me. Um, she's, you know, the reason why I'm doing this. Uh, she always pushed me to be, you know, uh, to be the best, the brightest, the um, everything. She was just my, you know, my cheerleader in a way. So I would want to sit down with her because there's a lot of things. She was a really uh, intelligent businesswoman. Um, so I'd want to sit down with her to talk to her about, you know, things that issues that have come up that I don't really know how to approach uh, that I'd like her insight on, um, you know, outside of the typical, you know, miss you mom kind of shit. <laughs> but uh, let's see, my mom, um, I'd love to sit down with Oprah. I think that what she does is incredible. She's an incredible uh, philanthropist. Um, amazing. Um Gosh, who else? Uh, Eli Wiesel. Uh, he was who wrote Night. Uh, he uh, wrote the, the book Night is about his experience within German, within Bergen-Belsen concentration camp uh, during uh, World War II. Um, just to understand, like, I don't know. I think it'd be incredible to talk to, to someone like him about uh, philosophy and, you know, and theology. Someone who, you know, comes, who's experienced, you know, God's worst. You know, what are his attitudes and feelings? Um, shoot. I don't know, guys. You two. <laughs> you two are my, you're my last two. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. We appreciate I respect being around you. Sorry to hear about your mom, too, by the way. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Condolences. Condolences about that. Wrap us up, Mike. Fill in the blank. 
in ten years, all sports all sports leagues will allow CBD products if if what? Oh, if uh, not if, but when? Um, I'm trying to think because we already. I mean. The it's already been taken off of the banned substance list. The only thing we're waiting on is for the NSF uh, to you know kind of stop dragging their feet and to allow certification of CBD, uh, allow NSF certification of CBD products. When that day comes, and I actually, funny enough, had a conversation uh, this morning with someone at the NSF about this um, and how it's it's coming soon. So, uh, not when or not if, but when. Okay. Like that. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, this or that? Um, you've lived in both coasts. So which one is better, the East Coast or the West? East Coast. East Coast. Not even, not even debating it. It's <laughs> okay. You've been out there long enough. No, no, not there. No, you know what? I what I really miss is weather. You know, LA doesn't have weather. It's the same thing. It's just LA. You know, it's it's sun all the time. And you know, it sounds nice, but it's like. Um, it's like Groundhog Day. You know, every day is the same. It's like, you know, come on, like, please rain. Like, it rained the other day and everyone was so happy. Uh, like, all my friends are texting me. They're like, oh, yeah, we're taking off work. We're going home and, like, and like reading books and stuff. And, like, we're going to cuddle up near the fire. You know, it's, it's, a whole, it's a whole thing when it rains here versus, you know, back east. Um, you know, we have, especially in D.C. and in Maryland, you know, such drastic changes in the seasons where, you know, it'll be in the summer, um, as you know, Mike, it'll be like, you know, 95 degrees with, you know, 90% humidity um, and, the, you know, one day and then rainstorming the next. And then during the winter, it'll be, you know, it could be actually in March, it could be, you know, 60 degrees or it could be, you know, five degrees and a blizzard hits. Uh, you don't really know. And I like that the East Coast keeps you on your toes. Uh, whereas on the West Coast, you know what to expect. Yeah, definitely, definitely, that for sure. My last question here before we let you leave here, Blake, um, and, and it's a fill-in-the-blank one, is in, in five years, where uh, the after bar will be a household name because of why? Mm. Ooh. Because of our commitment to quality ingredients, transparency, and community. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, yeah, we, yeah, we, we definitely got to put my, my, my new order in, man. I need it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm hyped for that. No. <laughs> no, and I can give you guys uh, a promo code, too, uh, for all of your listeners, so that way they can, you know, get the after bar at a discounted rate, um, so it's less burden of, uh, burden of entry for them. Definitely there, folks. You've heard it there from the CEO, from the founder there himself. And, Mike, you will get acclimated so that's a great Abs thing. yeah mike you don't have to worry about it. i'm gonna send you straight out <laughs> it has been a pleasure uh, blake taking time off of your busy schedule and um having some time to chop it up and tell us more enlighten us more about cbd um and, and especially in what you do and whatnot uh before you leave please share with us some of our audience where they can find you where is the actual web page to find some of these great products Absolutely. So you can find us uh, on all social platforms at The Afterbar uh, and online at theafterbar.com. So T-H-E, afterbar.com. 
Awesome. Awesome. That sounds great. It's a pleasure to have you on. Appreciate it. Thank you both so much for your time. No doubt, brother, man. Good, good luck to you in the future, man. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking yeah. to you guys, too. And, you know, I'm not going to flake out on you, Mike. I'm going to get you those bars. <laughs> 100%. I'm already know Word is bomb. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, for sure. And when we come back, we'll go ahead and shift gears to the NBA, the Sebi Podcast Radio Show, live and stream here on WNSC Radio. And we're back here with our third and final segment on the Sebi Podcast radio show. Myself and Michael Gray, great conversation there with Big Old Love, getting to know more about CBD in its entirety, Mike, and also what it does with athletes in the world of sports. In fact, Blake actually said that he already shipped yours on its way and said that, folks, promo code podcast will give our listeners a free discounted promo code if they want to choose some as well. So it's crazy how we just figured all that out in less than five minutes. Yeah, so yeah, shout out to Blake, man. He, you know, he, he comes across, you know, we just met him. He seemed like a very good brother. You know, I, I knew he was going to do the right thing. I wasn't even worried about it. But uh, yeah, I'm just, I was, I was happy and very impressed to see that he expanded not only just, you know, you know, nationally, but globally, you know, what he's doing outside the country and stuff like that. So that's off the Blake, man, and, and the CBD business. And the after shout out to the after boss. And um, yeah, I'm not, I'm looking forward to getting my package. Yeah, you gonna get your package, Mike. It is some good stuff. When I tell you some good stuff, well, I can tell we're gonna have a conversation after this. <laughs> so as soon as you told me, said, as soon as you told me that you was going that you went to sleep, how you went to sleep, man, I said, Man, you want me away already by then. <laughs> Mike said oh, yeah, tell me. So he said he was already sold. Folks, you can get in yourself promo code podcast also gets you discounted price on the after bar and it's different flavors there for sure if it works for me it will definitely work for you we are mike about 10 minutes away to game two of the wnba finals that is about to tip off at the desert just like the men's did with the phoenix suns the phoenix mercury is hosting and hold home court in these wnba finals um, down 0-1 in the series. We got to talk about, in particular, Mike, and focus on Kalia Cooper. She has been dynamite throughout these entire playoffs uh, for the Sky. 22 points in game one. Uh, the Sky, a huge road win. And now, backs against the wall, arguably known as the GOAT, if not the GOAT. She's right in the discussion as top three of all time. And Diana Taurasi and the gang. It, it backs against the wall, Mike, in game two and look for them to potentially start off quick and not slow like they did in game one to try to even the series up. They have to. They have no choice because Chicago was too lethal outside, and offensively, they're just a juggernaut. They have to start on fast. Save that, that that run they had in the second quarter where they really broke away from this game, they did it so effortlessly and so smooth, and it happened so fast. Moments, moments of situations like that, 
that team, even though they're the favorite. So I, I'm looking to see how Phoenix comes out aggressively in this game from the start to see if that didn't mentally, mentally like put it in the back of their heads like, wow, this team is for real. We we really got to come out on our A game. Like I, th- that was a wake up call for them in that second quarter, how they were able to break away and how they were able to close that game out. So I'm looking for the best version of the Phoenix Mercury tonight because they know without this game, the the, the series is over in three. They're, they're not winning a game in Chicago if if they go down 0-2 with that crowd and, and the momentum that they would have. So this is the game. This is the series. This is Phoenix Mercury season. I expect Diana Taurasi and those girls to handle their business. Yeah, agreed. And I also expect her to get some help tonight. Yes. Uh, like in that game five against the Las Vegas Aces, Brittany Griner was dominant, 28 points, 11 rebounds. I think tonight she brings that dominance inside in the interior of this uh, 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 of Sky team. I've always said this about um, great players, Mike, like Luca, like this, like that, like Steph Curry. They're great offensively, and that, that goes with Candace Parker. But the difference with Candace is she's not a liability like Steph and Luca. She's excellent defensively. Like last year, she was the reigning defensive player of the year. But as great as she is offensively, you got to go at her if you're Brittany Griner, right? Get her into some foul trouble. Make her uncomfortable because if you let her get in a groove offensively and defensively just relax um that 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 spokes trouble and so um you know what we saw in game one Kalia Cooper taking charge and also getting additional help from guys like from girls and ladies like Vanderslout and also Stephanie Dawson from the three-point line and so such a great offensive team you got to make them work on the opposite end too and I don't think they did that in game one I look for them to try to make that a focal point tonight 100%. 100%. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, like, like, it's it, it's it's pivotal. It's pivotal for them. They, they they have to. They 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 have to start off fast. They have to be assertive. They have to get physical with the Chicago team. You know, you know, force their hand a little bit. See if they can get in their head psychologically. So it's it's going to be a game of chess. It's going to be a game of chess between them. I I I expect them to handle their business. Skylar Diggins Smith. I expect her to have Shay Petty. I expect Shay Petty Seventy to come out come out do her thing. I I just I just expect the all around team effort because they know the magnitude of the moment. Yep, agreed. You can't go down those to the Sky team. When it's all said and done, Mike, who do you think will be hosting the trophy as world champions in the WNBA season this season? I'm going to roll with the Chicago Sky. They they, they swapped home field event, home court advantage, excuse me, uh, with that game one win but back to Chicago. I expect them to handle their business back home and win this series and win this series 3-1. to one. Interesting, interesting, interesting there. We know the NBA season is less than actually now, <laughs> six days away. It was a week away yesterday. Um, and, and from what we saw in TNT, one of the primetime preseason games we saw was this newly constructed Los Angeles Lakers team, right? With the new version of Big Three. It's not Worthy, Magic, or, or and Kareem, right? It's not Shaq, Kobe, and Van Exel, or Derek Fisher. It's not Lamar Odom, Paul Gasol, or Kobe. It's LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the newest acquisition that they have in Russell Westbrook. We saw a glimpse in fashions in some parts. And then, of course, there was the other side where we saw them, their age catching up to them, defensively being a liability. In the end, of course, the Warriors behind Jordan Poole. I mean, he's, he's been special. Might look for him to be a breakout guy this season. Absolutely. The Warriors. Um, but in the end, so when we try to evaluate this, Mike, the Los Angeles Lakers, you know, it's it's the purple and gold. They're always going to have the spotlight on them 
what did you see and in, in, in throughout the first real playoff game with all the big three playing together? Warm-up. That's exactly what I saw was a warm-up. Getting, getting familiar with each other. All three of these guys, yes, yes, LeBron and AD have played together. When you, when you bring someone in like Russell Westbrook, it's, a, it's all about a familiarity concept. And this was the first time that we got a chance to see all three of them in a game-like setting together, you know, against the Warriors. So it, 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 it was it – was, it was interesting to say the least, just, just to see them warm up together. You saw glimpses of potential, um, but but it's all it's going to be a familiarity contest for for some time until they until they can get the rotation together. For Russell Westbrook, this is the first time he's ever been on a team where he's the third best player on that team. So it, it's going to be it's going to be tough. It's going it's going to be it's going to be growing pains. It's going to be adverse situations. The question is: Is this team collectively going to have the mental fortitude to come together and and not you know you know run away or, or shy? When the moment gets tough, or you know, you know, or whimper or whatever, so it, I, I'm looking forward to seeing the maturation process of the team. Everybody coming together, getting used to their minutes, getting used to their role on the team, and and we'll, we'll see it together. There's, there's too many good players on this team not to find a way to be elite in all sorts. It's just all about putting it together on the court. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, there for sure. We got new findings. That promo code podcast for the after bar, folks, is 15% off. So if you want to get it. Get yours today and don't miss out there for sure. But let's focus on the Lakers and Russell Westbrook itself because this is a guy that you watched closely last year with your Washington Wizards team. So you know what he is capable of. And you mentioning that he is coming to a team that has championship aspiration, championship pedigree, and he is the third best player on the team, a role that he really hasn't had to deal with since when James Ever. Harden and Kevin Durant were on the same teams in OKC. So... Uh, what do you make of people out there that say that this isn't the ideal spot for him because Le- LeBron got to have the ball and he has to have the ball. The, the cohesion between the two, like he's he like in the fourth quarter, does he take the last shot? Does AT takes more of the looks? Like w- when it comes to the cohesion and the meshing of this team, Mike, they're going to have some growing pains at first because of chemistry. But ultimately, what do you think Russell Westbrook's role is going to be? Continu- continuously uh, playing playing a bit of point guard, his role is going to be tough because he he came into the league as a as a shooting guard. You know he was a, he was a, he was a two for real. He wasn't really a point guard when he came into the NBA. He molded into that position with LeBron at the position that he's in. It would be it would behoove the Lakers much success. It'd be easy to you know just say okay let's 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 regulate Westbrook back to the two and give him the chance to you know get you know get off scoring wise however scoring has not been his mantra throughout his career you know you know early on in his career he could score you know with the best of them he had he had much more velocity with his scoring on all levels but as time's gone on we've seen even in crucial moments his jumper hasn't been consistent even the mid-range jumper hasn't been as consistent even I saw over Washington now, now, one thing you're going to always get from Russell Westbrook is he's going to give you 110% maximum every effort, single Mike. night. Maximum effort. Every single night. You're never going to get uh, less than 100% from Russell Westbrook on any given night. I don't care if it's preseason. But sometimes that can be to his detriment, and we have saw it in big moments, especially in the playoffs. You know? So we'll, the question is, will, will, he, will he be okay deferring if need be, depending on the matchups and depending on the game. Will he be okay making that pass? Will he be okay with not taking that last second three if 
someone else on the team is hot. You know what I mean? Will, will he make the right play instead of trying to be the guy? You know, that's always been the question to me for Russell Westbrook. I had that question before he came to Washington. I, I had a question right again. It's going to be like, it's going to be tested and then some because he's going to be in those crucial moments um, deep in deep playoff runs. And he could very well be one of the X factors in, in the Lakers getting over the hump. And you know how you fix that, Mike? I thought about it and I thought about this. Well, I, I think Frank Vogel is either going to have to do one thing or the other. He's either going to have to start Rondo at the point guard position and slide Russ at the two or if you don't want to do that and have Rondo on the bench just because he is an aging vet now and he's, he's up in his upper 30s, I, I would say in the fourth quarters of all games, when, when it's a close game, I would run that rotation. I would slide Russ up to two, and I would put Rondo as a great decision maker and, and run him at point guard. If you don't want to do it in the beginning of the game, you have to be able to do that in the fourth quarter of ball games. I, I would run a, a maybe go small and run a – a, a, a rotation of Rondo at the one, slide Russ at the two. I would either put another shooter around LeBron at the three. You know how he likes to space the floor. And then put James and AD to go small at the four and five position. I think Vogel is going to have to do that. And here's why. I, I think to me, uh, although I am a great, I'm a huge Russell Westbrook fan. I, I love what he's all about, his tenaciousness. But the only question that's throughout his career has been, Late ball games, decision making, the ball, the turnovers. He holds that ball like a football rather than a basketball and turning that ball over. Well, in the NBA, you can't fumble. And so you don't have those question marks when it comes to Rondo as a decision maker. Rondo will be there and he will make the right basketball play. And if you run rest at the two, he's shown in the past in Oklahoma City that he is able to cut. He is able to play off ball. And so when you, if you have LeBron at the elbow orchestrating the offense, if you have Russ cutting because he is a great, he's better at attacking the basket, slashing rather than leave him out there at the three point line. I think that is the best formula, and I think that is what the, the coaching staff of the Los Angeles is going to do. If you don't do it early in the ball game, you just want to have Russell Westbrook get his stat pats, his triple doubles early in late situations in the ball game insert Rondo for decision-making purposes and let Russ and LeBron and AD Cook in the paint. Because I do think, although the Lakers have question marks shooting the ball, I think they're going to be one of the more dominant teams in the paint, Mike. Le uh, LeBron cool. will be able to get his. Anthony Davis will be able to get his. And we know what type of um, player that Russell Westbrook is when he gets in the paint. I, I think that is the adjustment that they're going to have to look for. Well, one of the biggest reasons why I wouldn't move Rondo to the starting position is because you need that point guard punch coming off the bench. One of the biggest reasons why Rondo was so pivotal for that team coming back in the playoffs and their championship run was because he was able to give them that, that point guard punch coming off the bench when LeBron was going, when LeBron was sitting down. Because when we saw when Rondo was hurt throughout that time, they had struggled to find offense, and it was bad, and teams were catching up to that. So Rondo, Rondo is a pivotal piece coming off the bench, along with setting up plays for you know guys like Carmelo Anthony, Malik Monk, and those boys, getting, getting, getting them shots and allowing them to play off the ball and get to the, and get to their spots. I feel like Rondo was too pivotal coming off that bench and relishing in that bench role to to have him on there. Russell Westbrook is someone who you know is going to want the ball. You got to feed him the ball to make him happy, and, uh, and from a point from a point guard perspective, and uh, let the chips fall where they may. Well, why don't you do that in the fourth quarters, right? If you don't want to do that mm. and send them in the ball game, I think in the fourth quarter, that's when it, it, it works. You look at Russell Westbrook and like a you watch a lot of Wizard games. 
a lot, most of his turnovers happen in late game situations, right? Late game mm-hmm. situations, he, him trying to put a superhero cap on, trying to make a play, right? Rather than deferring to Bradley Beal or, or running, orchestrating the offense through somebody else. Well, you don't have to worry about that because you have guys like LeBron, great IQ guy, Rondo, excellent IQ guy there. And so Russell Westbrook won't have all of those duties to facilitate, score, pass, and then, you know, he, he doesn't have to put all of those caps on there. And that's why I said if you don't want to start with that in the fourth quarter of ball games, that's something I would do. Your thoughts on that? It would be nice. It would be nice to see. It's just do you trust do, do you trust putting Russell Westbrook in that scoring role? Now, we, I love what I saw from him early on in his career when he, when he, when he, when he was just – he was light years getting to the basket, you know, making plays scoring-wise. But is he, that, is, he that, is he that guy now? Is he that guy that you could trust in that scoring role to knock down shots and to create shots and put him at that at that you know shooting role, and I, and that 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 would be my only trepidation in the fourth quarter. I can see where you're coming from because I wouldn't mind making that move for a quarter, especially the you know tight. It would almost be like a death lineup per se. Exactly. But my, my only trep my only trepidation is is he at that level scoring wise, and is, is his game at a level where I can trust him in that role. Right. And then I think that's where, you know, the LeBron aspect happens. You know, you just got to hope LeBron (laughs) figures it out of some sort. Lots of questions and answers for the purple and gold. It's going to be fun to watch these guys uh, for sure. And speaking of fun and watching, I know, like I said last night, uh, the other week, talking about the Chicago Bulls. I know it was one week, Mike, but I, I thought to myself, I was like, huh. Okay, it was one week. It was the Cleveland Cavaliers. Let's see what they do against another team. And they just continue to light up my eyes. This Chicago Bulls team, Mike, Mike, I wouldn't be surprised if they were the 50-plus win team. This team (laughs) has the making of being something special. I'm not going to go out there and say that, you know, they're going to throw haymakers now in the Eastern Conference. But I do think that they can be a pleasant surprise in the Eastern Conference. And although it's preseason, the eye test to me, they've checked all the boxes, Mike. The, the eye test is beautiful, man. And sometimes we can we can read between the lines on certain things. We 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 understand that they're not gonna blow every team out that they play, obviously. But but you see, but you see the potential of a team that, that that is coming together, filling each other out, you know, having fun during the exhibition times, uh, and, and just and just showing that showing that full camaraderie of a team that believes that they can make a run and that they're they're a true they're a true contender. You know, so it's, it's it's a team full of unselfish players. Yes, they're stars in their roles, but they're not superstars. So they all know how to play the position and play the, and play their part, and that's exactly what they're doing. They're doing it together, and it's going to be special to watch throughout the season. The WNBA play uh, finals game two starts now. We won't keep us you guys and folks too long, but Mike, this is your time, your shine. At the end, the spotlight is yours. Mike's closing arguments. Let's do it. You, uh, you, you, I, I think you have a good idea where I'm going, Sebi. John Gruden. Mm. Mm. Sebi, they always say that, you know, whatever comes out in the, whatever, you know, is done in the dark will eventually come out in the, into the light. Into the light. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just bound to happen. It might, it, might not, it might not be when you think it is, but it usually is when you least expect it. And, you know, this is a, this is a situation right here where I can't say I'm surprised. You know, I'm I'm not surprised by anything you say, but we see where the the, the real outrage came from. The outrage didn't come from what he said about Demora Smith. The outrage didn't come about anything any, any, anything else he said. The outrage came from when he said what he said about the LGBTQ community, and it was a, it was a, it was it, that that is where he knew he drew the line, 
And that lets us know where we are in society. When you can't speak on certain individuals, that's when you know who is controlled, who is pulling the strings for real. That, 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 that is when you know who is really making, making the noise behind the scenes. When he spoke on the LGBTQ community, that's when he knew he had to resign as head coach because it was going to be drawback and backlash to end zone trying to get him up out of there. You know, so it, it was, it was, it was, it was messed up on his part. We, we under, this is something that, you know, you see, you're seeing a lot of uh, situations where people are, you know, upset and surprised. I'm not surprised at all, Seppi, because we, we've seen stuff like this before. And who knows, 90 to 95% of coaches or people, you know, in, in the NFL probably have emails very similar to that in different conversations. This is nothing new. This just came out. And, why it came out, who knows? The timing of why it came out, we'll never know. But John Gruden, he got what he deserved at the end of the day because this is what he felt. So um, there's no remorse for him. It's unfortunate for the Oakland Raiders because this is a promising team. We'll see how uh, how much of a close-knit group they truly are right now in the midst of all this. And, you know, uh, just, just I, I tip my hats off to them for having to continue the season with this distraction because this is something for, that unfortunately – will be talked about in mainstream media for quite some time. And uh, it's unfortunate that, that they have to go through that situation. Yeah, it's unfortunate and sickening to think of there for sure. Ru, all we can do, Mike, is pray for for the the John Gruden fam and himself and, and the other John Grudens in the world uh, uh, there for sure. On that note, that wraps up our segment here today. Episode three of our great show. Good night, everyone, and enjoy some great basketball. We're excited, folks, for tuning in today and joining us on this show and for any other episodes of our previous in the past. Make sure you follow us on sebipodcast.info on all social media platforms and on Instagram. We'll see you guys next week.